reports direct from Melbourne courtside and from our offices in New York City. It's the Australian Open edition of the Tennis.com podcast. And here's your host, Ed McGrogan. Hey everyone, day seven of the Aussie Open podcast. Once again, I'm Ed McGrogan here in New York talking with Steve Tigner down in Melbourne. And uh, we've just passed the halfway point or of the tournament here. And I think it's kind of appropriate that one of the final matches of the first half of the tournament was Federer and Tomic. Um, you know, Tomic, obviously, one of the biggest stories of the tournament, you know, arguably the story of the first week. Uh, so maybe it's kind of appropriate that when we're talking about this tournament as a whole, you know, the the really the the contenders kind of move on. And Roger did that in really great fashion tonight. He won in straight sets. And, you know, Tomic, while, you know, it's not going to be his year this year. I think he's shown that, uh, you know, he'll be around for, for future Australian Opens for sure. Yeah, he's, uh, you know, it's one of those Grand Slam, first week Grand Slam stories that you need before you kind of get down to business. you got to look at the future. Um, he's been that for the past couple of years, more so this year. And I think this year he really, with his ability to beat guys in close matches, pretty highly ranked guys, in fifth sets, he really showed that he's going to be somebody who's going to be around just strictly from uh, from the ability to compete, no matter what else he what else he has going. Tonight it was disappointing. It was it was a pretty quiet, you know, surprisingly quiet evening. That place was Melbourne Park was definitely ready. Every every spare piece of ground was filled um, with people today watching big screens all over the place, and of course. It, was sold out, but um, after by the end, you know, at the end of the fir- through the first set, it was competitive. Um, Federer said afterwards that he was still he was trying to figure out how to play at the beginning of the match. And you could kind of see that he he hit some weird bad slices, and he he sort of ran around a forehand, but you could tell he was he was um, he wasn't quite sure how to play Tomic to start. And Tomic played a very loose game at four all. He double faulted for the break, and that kind of set Federer free. To have one of you know a pretty vintage last two sets, he he used. I think the big surprise was his use of the forehand drop shot. You could tell he that's something he had thought about. He went to it early. Uh, he must have noticed something about Tomich that he plays back because Tomich wasn't even close to those shots. Even though Tomich was getting the drop shots by Dolgopolov, um, these must have just taken it completely by surprise. And Federer also had the backhand down the line going. He. He made, he made a lot of returns. He didn't allow Tomic to ace him once, even though uh, Tomic had been acing people up till now. Um, so it was pretty, and you know, the winner to error, error counts were, were, were pretty horrible for Tomic and great for Federer, obviously. So it was a pretty comprehensive uh, win. And surpri- you know, surprisingly easy. Federer said afterwards it wasn't as easy as it looked because lots of long rallies, there were long games. He just, he just won them. Um, so, you know, that's something Tomich, I guess, can, can take out of it. Yeah, this reminded me of, um, honestly, you know, the vintage where we do throw that around a lot when, when Federer plays well. But I do, when I watched this match, I did get that uh, that sense that this is one of really his sort of better performances I've seen in a little while from him. Um, it, I guess on the Grand Slam level here, um, it, it kind of reminds me of one of those matches where he... It's Federer will really drop the hammer on one of these, 
second tier guys who really has something going, maybe reminiscent of, I'm thinking of like a match he had with Stan Wawrinka last year at the Aussie Open where it wasn't even, it wasn't even close. And this was after Wawrinka came off a really nice win over Roddick last year. Um, so, you know, Federer to me looked exceptional tonight and obviously he's going to get a, a much different test. I mean, not necessarily greater, but probably a greater test against El Potro in the next round. If, if you want to just maybe say a quick thing about, you know, what you think about where Del Potro is at this point and how he matches up with Roger. Yeah, he looks good. He looks good. He's been winning pretty, as they say, under the radar. I haven't seen that much of him playing, but his matches haven't been um, particularly close as far as I know. He, he seems to have started out the year really well. And Federer was, you know, obviously just taking it extremely seriously in his press conference today, he realizes that, you know, like you said, he beat Vavrinka, killed Vavrinka last year. He didn't go on to win the tournament. He's had a lot of early round, good early round matches at slams in the past two years, um, and he hasn't gone on to win the tournament. So, you know, there's only so much you can take from it. Plus, Del Potro is a very different player from, um, from Tomic. So this was, you know, this Federer match was great match and it was a one-off it, it you know it deserves to be recognized as a great performance but but it's tough to to know what it what it shows for the next round um because Federer is coming off a couple of pretty extreme swings he had a walkover then he had Karlovich and then he had Tomich and now he goes to Del Potro so um you know he's you know he's running the gamut of of players but but I think Del Potro has a you know very good chance in that match yeah yep um, we'll see that in uh, two days, sort of depending on where you are. But yeah, that's after the fourth round finishes up. Um, the other fourth round matches today, the other big one, really the the biggest result of all was how Kim Kleister's advanced to the quarterfinals. Um, she saves four match points against Lena, all in a second set tiebreaker um, for a lot of a lot of periods throughout this match, you could have said this was, there's no way that Kim was kind of digging out of this hole. And, um, it was one of those sort of immortal, um, really just chokes. I thought from Lee, how this all played out. Um, you know, she of course had two on her serve, two on Kim serve, but the big, but the big point was just one particular shot, a drop shot that wasn't hit very well. And she just didn't, handle it the best way possible and it just was the uh sort of the image we're going to remember out of this match yeah well it started out it looked like it was going to be a total dud three all kim turns her ankle it seems like she's she's going to be done she's not really running and lee gets up three one in the second but even at three one and three two and she was you know, she's up a set in a break and her opponent's injured you noticed after even after the shot she missed then um she started to get angry at herself. She started to talk to her husband. She started to, you know, really almost get down on herself when she was already ahead. You could tell she was feeling, she was feeling tight. Um, and obviously it showed through the, she gave up that break and then they went to the breaker. Um, that six, five point Kim hits a terrible drop shot. She thought it was sort of a combination of anything. She just wanted to get out of the point because it was sort of a, let's win or lose this thing. I can't take it anymore. And as she said afterwards, 
she thought Lee was further back in the court than she was, and then she just hit a terrible drop shot. But obviously, Lee now has a great cross-court backhand. The cross-court was wide open. She had a high backhand. You could just see that it was just nerves got to her, and she, she just kind of flipped it, bunted it right back to Kleister's. Kleister's hits a decent lob, but I think at a, on a different day, Lee Na would run back and get that ball. She didn't even look at it. So it was total meltdown at that point. And then in the third set, she has bad luck. Kleister's is ready to have her own meltdown. Um, up 4-1 in the third, down break point. She's, she's looking like she's in trouble, and Lee's starting to play better. Kim hits a kind of lucky backhand that catches the line, and she holds, and that that puts her up 5-1, and it was just a little too far for Lee to come back. So, um, I mean, basically it was like the WTA was back in the tournament, a classic WTA roller coaster, depending on what you think of it. It definitely had drama and, and was exciting. It was, it was great to see an, at least an exciting women's match rather than a blowout. Yeah, sort of all in a day's work, I, I guess, like we've sort of – anticipated but um the other main wta parts of the day um azarenka and wozniaki win theirs in straight sets i gotta say i've you know i watched a lot of the wozniaki yankovic match at the end um wozniaki wins his first set six love she wins a second seven five um just kind of looking at really this women's field as a whole i really am kind of a lot higher on azarenka at this point after seeing in particular also this Kleisters and Lee match and how really volatile these players can go one after the other. I, I suppose we haven't seen that um, Azarenka tested like that up to this point yet, but she really has looked pretty strong um, just from beginning to where she's at now. She hasn't, I think, faced the quality of the opponents of those two, but I, I am liking what I'm seeing from her, and I think it wouldn't be... Uh, I think this is certainly the tournament where it would be a pretty big opportunity lost, in my opinion, considering the momentum she had coming in here and really how the field is shaking out overall. She's playing well and she's fighting well. The, the only thing so far that's a little bit of a worry um, from her standpoint is she she's had a little trouble finishing matches that she probably shouldn't have had trouble finishing. The Bartel match, she ended up getting, she sort of lost her cool at the end. Uh, threw a ball against the wall and was booed. And then the match today, even though she was cruising, she you know a little hiccup at the end, same kind of deal, trying to close it out. That's something, you know, we may see that again uh, in a bigger form against a better player. As far as Wozniacki goes, um, she's trying out a new forehand with her coach that that worked well, I thought, through the what I saw in the first set. Um, she's going for more depth. But by the by the end of the match, it appeared that she lost a lot of that depth and, and really kind of yeah she she really kind of reverted reverted I thought back to old patterns actually by the end yeah and um, some of the reporters some of the Danish reporters are talking about how she's not admitting it but her back her her um, her wrist is hurting her more than she's letting on her backhand is being hurt by that that's just their speculation and what they see watching but that's just something that's being talked about with her so. So we'll see, but she she did her usual thing and fought it out pretty you know pretty well at the end tonight. Yeah. Now, last thing we'll mention is uh, you you brought up the booze that Azarenka got in that uh, in that Bartel match. Now those were just you know hardly a passing whistle, <laughs> a hiss compared to what Thomas Burdich, um had today. His match with Almagro was really kind of 
um, a match on high sense that didn't merit too much attention. It was actually a very, very close competitive match, but it got all this attention because of um, a ball that Almagro hit when trying to track down a shot of uh, Burdich's. Takes a takes a cut at the ball, hits Burdich. You know, probably as hard as you can hit a tennis ball with considering what he puts into it, hits him on his arm, um, and Burdich, instead of kind of shaking it off as really part of the game, um, ends up making a huge deal out of it. He doesn't shake Almagro's hand when the match is over. Burdich ends up winning the match, um, and the crowd just rains down booze on him. It was like, uh, you know, it was like a WWF type of match where just it was the ultimate, the ultimate heel stepping into the ring there, and uh, he couldn't even really... His the interview on the court was pretty much completely drowned out by the end of this. So this this kind of made into one of today's bigger stories in a way. Yeah, great stuff. WWF is what we're looking for in tennis. <laughs> uh, he, I don't know why he did that. I think he didn't realize Al- Almagro tried to apologize, but Burdich apparently didn't see that. He thought that Almagro was trying to hit him in the head. He said he ended up he hit him in the arm. Um, I'm not sure why Burdich reacted that way. He did something kind of similar against Nadal a few years ago in Madrid. He got angry at the crowd and he he gave them the shh signal. He, you know, he shushed them. Uh, he sort of overreacted to that situation. He got mad at Rafa. Um, so he, you know, I guess in the heat of the moment he can he can sort of lose it. Uh, but yeah, he didn't he didn't look good. I don't think anybody uh, defended his move today. Nope, he was panned pretty heavily on the broadcast over here, and I can probably safely presume over there. And he's going to hear it again because he actually gets Nadal in the next match, um, and they play. So it, uh, we'll we'll see what the the good guy in this uh, saga turns out to be here. All that. So, any last uh, remarks from today? Uh, no, I'm just remembering a time when in a doubles match that I played that somebody hit my partner with a ball and I didn't shake his hand. So I don't know if that makes me worse than Burdich or not, but <laughs> but just try to relate to Tomas for a second. <laughs> uh, that's probably the only way you're going to relate, but that's something to remember, something to keep down. Right. Yeah. All right, we'll talk again tomorrow after the fourth round's finished. Uh, for Steve Tigger, I'm Ed McGrogan. Thanks for listening. You've been enjoying Tennis.com's weekly podcast. Thanks for listening. For all the latest news and events, head over to Tennis.com. 